From the Gospel, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The pretty obvious connecting theme between the epistle and the two episodes episodes in our Gospel reading this morning is the sin of pride, with it the corresponding virtue of humility. In the epistle, humility is listed as the first virtue required in order to walk in a manner which is worthy of what we have been called to. And in the first episode of the gospel, it is pride which blinds the Jewish religious leaders. It's what makes it so that when someone is miraculously delivered from an illness, all they can see is an alleged trespass of the law. And then in the second episode in our gospel reading, it is pride that causes them to seek social status and honor at the feast. It's said that pride is the chief of all sins, the sin out of which all others flow. In essence, pride takes God out of his proper place and inserts ourselves into that place. Pride is arrogance. It is the most primordial, aboriginal, innate desire and rebellion in our souls. We see this all the way back in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. There the devil tempted Eve. He said, in the day you eat of the fruit, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. The spiritual tradition of the church says that pride is the chief of all sins actually has three children. The first of these is presumption. So presumption is the desire for things that we are not capable of. It's the failure to recognize that. It's the failure to recognize and admit one's own shortcomings. A lack of willingness to not know anything. A lack of willingness to be a beginner, for example. To give an example in the spiritual life, presumption would lead an individual to say that he wants to do a 10-day silent retreat with various spiritual exercises, all the while he refuses to attend Mass and pray the offices regularly. The second child of pride is ambition. And ambition is the excessive love and pursuit of honors, status, accolades, recognition, even authority. This pride produces all sorts of different sins as we pursue these honors. And then finally, the the third child of pride is what the spiritual tradition calls vanity. And I think it's what we're most guilty of. Vanity is the inordinate, inordinate or excessive desire to be thought of well or to be thought of a certain way by others. The vain person is over-consumed with how others are receiving them, which can begin even first thing in the morning before they see anybody else as they're getting ready in the mirror for the day. It's very important for the vain person to try to get outside of themselves and to not interpret the world through their own lens of how this or that affects what others think of them. With these three children of pride, it's important to become aware of how these underlying sins, well, how we often disguise them in virtue. We do well to check our own motives, even, or maybe we should say especially, when we think we are doing good for others. 
Do we actually desire their good for its own sake, out of love? Or rather, are we thinking of ourselves in some way or another, how we might be received, what we might gain from it? Now, in this conversation about pride, I think it's important, and I think you all know me, I think I can say this safely, that I'm neither Puritan nor fundamentalist, but I do think that this is one of those things where in our current world of, let's say, smartphones and social media, we're certainly at least not helped by this, let's say. And what I mean is that smartphones and social media create this sort of uh, pre-awareness, this sort of free self-awareness, which then easily tends toward other kinds of pride, like we've been speaking of this far. With this world that we live in, we always live with a potential audience, which produces a kind of vanity, a kind of self-promotion, and we're constantly thinking about how this or that, about how we will be uh, received if something is captured and posted on social media. Like I said, I think this sort of pre-heightened self-awareness, this vanity, we could say, creates a breeding ground then for more of this, creates a breeding ground for pride, and we should be careful, and we just need to be aware of it. And in a way, our, our Lord's teaching here on pride is relatively simple. He says, in essence, don't do it. Don't be prideful. He says, choose not to play those games. Choose not to play those games of trying to establish yourself, to elevate yourself, putting yourself on display, seeking status, seeking a certain opinion of others. Choose instead humility. And you know what I think humility looks like for a lot of us in practice? I think humility looks like, or a way that we could say we practice humility, is by practicing the virtue of secrecy. Secrecy is what saves us from all sorts of pride. Do what you're supposed to do, but don't let anybody else know that you're doing it. And according to the teaching of our Lord here, we need to take this humility very seriously. And this is because the scriptures, and we see this here, they often give the image of a banquet as a means of envisioning salvation. So Jesus in his parables, he's speaking... Um, he speaks about earthly things, earthly realities, but he does so in order to communicate heavenly realities. So here, yes, Jesus is speaking about a banquet, but he has in mind that great final banquet when the fullness of the kingdom arrives. And what Jesus is communicating here is that if you want your place then, if you want a good place at the heavenly banquet, then you need to practice humility now and take the bad place at the banquet here. Before the fullness of the kingdom arrives, if you are prideful and you seek status and honor here, the teaching of Jesus is that whatever you think that you might have attained now, and maybe you have attained things now, but whatever you've received now, when the fullness of the kingdom arrives, it will be quickly taken away from you and it could be given to somebody else your supposed worth will be turned into your own shame. And it will be shown, and it will be revealed to, what will be shown is what it really is, which is nothing. And you will lose your seat. So therefore, Jesus says, now, while you have time, humble yourself. 
you know, reflecting a little bit further on this, whenever <laughs> there's the sermon on pride, let's say, I have to say that most people that I interact with, both in ministry and not, don't struggle with the more kind of blatant, self-aggrandizing type of pride. Obviously, some do. And all of us, to a certain extent, are prideful in one way or another. Maybe it's one of the three children of pride that I mentioned. And we need to be mindful about that, about the particular ways that we are prideful. But I guess a point that I think needs to be made here in this conversation about pride and humility is that even though we all struggle with some sort of pride, a lot of people also struggle with self-deprecation. They struggle with self-hate. A lot of people are very insecure about themselves. And they believe in their hearts that other people don't like them. And then they've grown themselves to not like themselves. This is the person that does not need to hear, oh, you know, you're, you're being so prideful, all this, you're just being extra aware of yourself, and that's the capital of all sins. This is just something else to give that self-deprecating person to beat themselves up about more. It just sends them down that path of self-deprecation even further. But the important point to make is that humility, as a corresponding virtue of pride, humility is not self-deprecation. I think it was St. Teresa of Avila who said that humility is truth. So humility is being connected with the reality of who we are, nothing more, nothing less. Yes, it's not self-aggrandizing, obviously, humility is not, but it's also not self-loathing or self-deprecating. For the Christian, humility requires us then to recognize truth, to recognize the truth of who we are, both when, yeah, we are elevating ourselves, but also when we're beating ourselves up and tearing ourselves down. We must remember that God created each one of us particularly and loves each one of us uniquely and particularly. Apart from our sin, God has a unique and particular love for each one of us that our sin does not affect. It's not simply that God has a general love that he gives in general to all people. Yes, that's true, but God has a specific love for you, a specific love for you witnessed in your creation with the endowing of the particular gifts that you have. There is something inside of you, there's a you inside of you, we could say, which God not only loved into existence and created, but also died for. And while a lot of people, yes, kind of need to be brought down, brought down to their knees with their pride, a lot of people also don't need that. The self-deprecating person needs the opposite. They need to rec recognize that humility is truth. They need to recognize the truth of who we are as God's unique creation. And we need to remember what God has made us in our baptism wherein we were all given the gift of the Spirit, and we were made sons and daughters of the living God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.